0: spiritual home
1: for so many in our nation's capital the washington dc temple of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints join boyd matheson as he hosts lawmakers washington vips and members of the church this week special broadcasts of inside sources live from the open house of the dc temple
2: We're continuing our live coverage from our nation's capital at the opening of the Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This open house has been open to diplomats and members of Congress, dignitaries and community members over the last several days. And we're grateful to be able to have the opportunity to sit down with Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ. And no stranger to our nation's capital was here during important times in the 70s, including the dedication of the temple in 1974. Elder Christofferson, we often talk about Churchill's quote that we shape our buildings and then our buildings shape us. So tell us, how has this temple, this building shaped you?
3: we uh, have my wife and i been familiar with this temple from its inception we were living here as a young couple starting in 1972 and as you know the temple was finished about two years later dedicated in 1974 and we had the privilege of uh, attending that president uh, kimball spencer kimball was the president of the church then he was present in the session that we attended here in the solemn assembly room upstairs, and I had been serving uh, as a ward mission leader during that time of the open house, we had missionaries living in our little basement, the basement of our little bungalow, <laughs> who would come from you know outside the immediate Washington area to be here to help with the open house. And we felt very connected to it, although we weren't really. Uh, leading tours or anything of the kind. But we were involved and felt uh, it was our temple and, and, and that kind of a, a connection from the beginning. To come back now, 48 years later, and see the, the beauty that's been added in the interior of the temple, the paintings, the, the lighting, the the way the ceilings have been uh, recrafted and the open uh, light and and elegant feeling more so than ever here is very rewarding i guess you would say in one sense that we we feel still feel that ownership i suppose and that it's uh, more of a gem even than it was in those days i guess you could say we've been shaped in a in a way that our appreciation for holy places holy spaces holy buildings grew over the years and i feel like we appreciated the temple then but we do more so now it's just yeah, as we've matured i suppose it has deepened our affinity for the temple our desire to be in the temple to be have it be part of our lives and missed that a great deal during uh, the covid period <clears throat> which Added to our appreciation in the, the absence, made it seem more dear. But I, I don't know that it's so much the changes in the building of this or any other temple. It's, that's a positive thing, but it's more the changes in us over time that have uh, given us a deeper appreciation for what it means, what it can mean in, in anyone's life. In a uh, in a city full of
1: monuments uh, of all kinds, uh, how has this temple shaped this community and uh, influence on those that that lead the nation?
3: In those uh, forty plus, nearly fifty years, it's become something of a landmark in the area because of its location more than anything, sitting on the Beltway and uh, being a point of reference for traffic reports in the morning and evening commutes and. Off obviously being quite visible to people day in and day out who live here. So it's uh, frequently seen. It has, of course, had something of a mystery about it because people couldn't enter and tour it. They imagined what it might be like inside and what the purposes and use of the building might be, but it was there wasn't a lot of information readily available, I don't think, to anyone with that that uh, right curiosity but with this open house now and the many many people who can come can see the inner inner portions of the temple the um, the purposes the activities that occur here get uh, uh, an acquaintance with what this is and we've done our very best to be really open about it uh, and show them everything that's that's here I believe there'll be a um, Maybe a greater affinity for the temple, appreciation for it, and some of the mystery gone, maybe it makes it a little a little more uh, approachable <laughs> in their minds and and feel like they understand and sense the the sacredness that we feel for it and can feel something of the same sort of thing. so I think it's going to be not just a familiar monument or a familiar sight, but maybe something that um, they take a little more ownership of and feel a deeper appreciation for them. Yeah. The temple was uh, an
1: important place for you in a, in a critical <clears throat> part of your early career uh, when you were the law clerk to Judge Sirica. Tell us just a little bit about uh, that experience, that connection to Washington, D.C., and, and the juxtaposition of the temple.
3: My first uh, job, uh, employment out of law school, was that clerkship. Which was John Serrica. I didn't know at the time that he agreed to take me on as a clerk in the summer of, of 1972. That the subject matter, so to speak, of our of our activity during those succeeding months was Watergate. And when when he gave me the offer, it was toward the end of 1971. Watergate break-in hadn't happened. Mm. Uh, I came a few months in August, uh, just weeks, I guess, after that break-in, the initial trial uh, or indictment of those who had uh, broken into the Democratic National Committee offices at the Watergate uh, began just a month later, September or so. But after that, it was all Watergate. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, All his other cases were set aside because this demanded full-time and so I was uh, supposed to be with him for a year, turned out to be two, because at the end of one we were in the middle of the White House tapes controversy and he asked me to stay a a year longer and not leave him in the middle of everything. But it was, as you know, a time of um, tremendous turmoil politically and otherwise, it was for a period the front page on every paper every day. And it seemed like there was at times nothing else in the world but what was going on with Watergate, and there were crises uh, in government, there were uh, crises in, in legal proceedings, and, and all the things that Watergate spawned over over time. And so it was uh, it was obviously very interesting and, and intriguing kind of work for a, a law clerk to be involved in, but at the same time. A little (laughs) anxiety-producing. And I remember um, we speak of the temple as a a place of peace. And for me, during that time, it it truly was. You know, as things seemed to be spiraling out of control one way or another. And nobody knew what the next step would be or what would happen next, the next shoe to drop. Uh, It was... A nice uh, recourse, I guess you could say, for me to be able to come to the temple, to um, be here, just be in the temple, participate in the ordinances we do here, but but find the kind of renewal, spiritual renewal, and a chance to just step back, call time out on life, reflect on things, get a a little deeper perspective, um, reorientation about what matters and what life is all about and so forth, and just a chance to be in a quiet place and spend some time in thinking and prayer and meditation. Those were valuable moments for me, and I think others have found the same thing in their lives in a whole variety of circumstances And I have at other times since then. It's, it's not necessarily the central purpose of a temple, but certainly one of the things we all find here and frequently
2: we're going to stay with the conversation just a little bit longer more of my conversation with other d todd christopherson an apostle in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints as we continue our coverage from our nation's capital and the open house of the washington dc temple stay with us much more to come on inside sources right here on ksl news radio
1: Side Sources with Boyd Matheson, live from Washington, D.C., at the open house of the Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
2: Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We're continuing our special coverage from our nation's capital, including the open house of the Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. And we're going to continue with my conversation with other D. Todd Christofferson, an apostle and member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, he has deep roots in the Washington, D.C. area, incredible experiences, including being the law clerk to Judge Sirica in the Watergate case and many other Uh, important things that happened in our nation's capital and spiritually as it relates to the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints we'll continue my conversation often we think of members of congress
3: uh speaking talking that's how they solve problems Uh, you've posted a
1: number of them uh, as they've come through uh, some together uh, and they've all come away from the experience uh talking about silence Uh, and peace and not talking as being extraordinarily powerful. Uh, As you've had the opportunity to take through, again, some of these uh, members of Congress and and ambassadors and leaders of other faiths, uh, what have
3: you learned uh, in that process? It's been interesting, uniformly, with the associations uh, I've had over the last few days in meeting uh, our guests and and conducting them through the temple. From a variety of backgrounds, they're all interested, uniformly very interested and respectful, you know, whatever their faith may be or, or lack of faith, whatever their background. They've been very respectful of what the temple represents, what we've said about our own beliefs and faith and really were open to, to learn to know what it was um, they've asked very intelligent questions things that that have led to not extended but but uh, helpful discussions I felt that were informative for all and led to to greater understanding for all myself included so a, a very positive experience and there are uh, moments and places in the temple the whole environment of course is a reverent one but places where we we ask them just to ponder what they've heard and anything they want to think about for a few minutes of, of quiet in the celestial room and maybe other places but that experience is one that I believe is renewing for all of us for anyone who engages in it not necessarily only in the temple of course that can be anywhere that we can find that time and space but this is set aside, as you know, specifically for that as a sacred space, a place to draw nearer to God. And it facilitates that in, in ways that daily life does not. I mean, there's no hustle or bustle. There's no uh, noise. And things aren't uh, so controlled by the clock. You know, it's a, there's a chance to truly step away from things and Draw a deep breath, yeah. but yeah. also look upward.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's great. You, you have spoken often and, and have a deep commitment to those those first freedoms, those founding freedoms. And it seems in, in this city, you know, in this capital, uh, having this temple, I think, in terms of uh, that—not just the freedom of religion, but the freedom of speech and the, the right to assemble—seems uh, that all of those things come together here in, in D.C. How do you see that and
3: maybe a, a thought on that? Well, those are valuable freedoms that may be taken for granted. I think more and more of these days we we're thinking about the value of those first freedoms and prizing them perhaps more than than we used to. But they're essential, frankly, to the to the functioning of government, but to the functioning of society as a whole. The positive contributions that come from uh, who we are and what we do, our values and our, our goodwill, our desires to help, to, to lift, to bless others, to, to love our neighbor as well as love God. And religion promotes uh, many of the, the values and the philosophies of life, I guess you could say, that uh, contribute to a healthy Society and a resilient society. We don't claim perfection by any means, but we do profess to be able to make contributions and we want to make contributions. That's much of what we're about. And all of that, I think, is tied up in these freedoms to associate, freedoms to work together, freedoms to believe in worship, freedom of gathering and, and uh, strengthening one another, teaching, lifting, helping each other in and out of the faith but all those things um, are fundamental mm-hmm. in my view and, and I don't know, know that there's any other institution, if you will that's capable of, of making the contribution that faith and religion make mm-hmm. and without those um, there's a very significant missing piece or pieces to the puzzle and it just doesn't come together um, if at all, not very well without it yeah. the focus of uh, the temple for example, our faith and I think religions generally is the inner person yeah. and working from the inside out you could say a change of heart uh, a, a greater heart a greater loyalty and accountability a sense of accountability to God all these things that that are fostered, In religion, in the temple ceremonies, in our faith, uh, change us over time for the better. And we begin to, or over time, can mature spiritually and become people that not only are better, but can help others more effectively and want to. We look to, that's one of the things of Christian discipleship is the desire um, to make things better for others. And not just ourselves so i believe that that focus of working from the inside out and changing the person who then changes the world yeah. over time with with their efforts is the right approach and that is the f- religion's approach i wanted to have one other thing just from the founders
1: about you you hit some of this already um, in terms of founders really tying the success of the country and that it was, the Constitution was built for a, a moral people, a religious people, a faithful people. And we live in this uh, moral relativism uh, in the world today. But does the temple help us get back to some of those core things that the, the founders believe had to be in place? You, had, you both had to have government by the consent of the people. Government has to do its job, but you also have, to have people that uh, have virtue and, and have that bigger view of not just looking out for themselves.
3: It is true that, as you say, government has a, a role, a distinct role, and it requires a degree of, of loyalty from uh, its citizens for that to succeed. But it it cannot be accomplished without some willing acceptance mm-hmm. um, and willingness to submit oneself to law, to the rule of law, and some inconvenience even uh, for the success of the whole. Not everything we would like to do, want to do, could do, is good. Or it's not that it's bad, It just it doesn't, it doesn't uh, contribute or preserve the order in society that's needed. With faith, with religion, with the values we teach, I believe people do a lot to govern themselves. This was the prophet Joseph Smith's famous statement that he teaches correct principles and the people govern themselves, and that's the role of religion, I think, to teach correct principles. People govern themselves. They, they voluntarily, as some have said, do things that can't be coerced, but for the good of others and for the good of the society as a whole. It's not possible, I guess I would say, for a government to create uh, regulations to, to handle every circumstance, every interaction, every relationship and even if it could how would you police that how could you have enough uh, authorities and the end individuals in authority to enforce those millions of regulations that would be required to order everyday life for everybody it has to be a voluntary compliance a voluntary um submission to things that are for the common good, even if it's not for your individual convenience. Without uh, a willingness for uh, self-control, I don't think you end up with a successful society, if you could say it that way. You don't end up with order. You don't end up with peace. You don't end up with opportunities for people to prosper. Mm -hmm. I like the the phrase in America the Beautiful, confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty and law. So that, uh, I don't know who had that insight to to lead to the poetic expression, but uh, I like it. I think it says something very important. And again, religion's role, uh, the role of faith in people is to be willing to be enough or self-sacrificing to the degree necessary not to deprive you of your own happiness, but to contribute to others.
2: That's my conversation with Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll continue with more of our coverage from our nation's capital. Coming up after bottom of the hour news, France just had its major election. What does that tell us about the future in Europe? We'll talk about that coming up next. Stay with us.
0: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.